You're listening to Dragon Ore, book three of the Dawning of Power trilogy, written and read by Brian Rathbone. For more information, maps, and additional downloads, visit brianrathbone.com. Thank you for listening. Chapter 5. To forget the past is to jeopardize the future. Mariaka Josephus, historian. Samda, Katrin shouted, and everyone turned toward Madra's army, which now looked like a real army. Approach, she said. Samda came swiftly, but his measured stride spoke of confidence. Lady Katrin, he said when he arrived. Traitor, the Jean commander spit. Jarman stared at Samda with distrust. I'm a traitor to a failed faith. We were wrong, Grevin. Archmaster Belegra is wrong. Bah! Lies, Grevin said. She has coerced him. He can't be trusted, Jarman added. Mind yourself, Samda said. Do not forget who presided over your right to inherit confirmation. Jarman flushed and looked at the ground. And you, Grevin, who was it that granted you the crest and mark? He'll not intimidate me, Grevin said. You may have granted me the crest and mark, but it was by Archmaster Belegra's authority. I could execute you now for treason. The Herald Witch will come with me. Yes, yes, Samda said. You have your orders, Mark Grevin. You can execute me now and take the Herald Witch into custody. What is there to hinder you? Samda asked with a feral smile. I can still smell the burning flesh of the last men who attacked her. If you feel the need to follow Archmaster Belegra, Madra said, then I suggest you follow him into whatever hole he's chosen to hide in. A tense silence hung in the air. Mark Grevin made no move. What of you, Jarman? Where do you stand? Jarman took a moment to consider before he replied. Looking each of the assembled in the eye, he seemed to struggle. I stand with the people of Lankland, he finally said, and I believe they have just spoken. You are to remove yourself from my lands and never return. Mark Grevin said no more. Turning on his heel, he strode away. When he reached what remained of his army, he gave no orders. Instead, he mounted, wheeled his horse, and rode back the way he had come. A handful of men followed him, but more chose to go their own way, and they scattered, some alone, some in small bands. There will be more, Samda said. That was but a fraction of the Jean's number. Thank you, Samda, Katrin said, and Samda bowed before returning to Madra's army. So, Jarman, what will it be? Shall we rip each other to ribbons, or will we rise above this cursed feud? It took a moment for Jarman to respond, 
The mantle of flames that only Katrin's eyes seemed to be able to perceive dwindled as he seemed to find his calm. When he spoke, his voice conveyed more sadness than anger. I agree the feud between our families has brought no good to our peoples or us. I declare no peace with you, though, for I've no authority to do so. I will, however, grant you passage across my lands. I'll no longer be traveling with Madra and her army, Katrin said. Will you grant them passage as well? Madra and her army represent the people of Lankland. I'll not stand in the way of their revenge on the Jean. My men will escort them wherever it is they wish to go, and I will escort you personally from my lands. Are we in agreement? Katrin asked, looking at Madra. We are, she said. We are, Jarman added. Then let it be so, Katrin said. I must make the arrangements for my party's departure. Lord Kite, if you would excuse me. I'll await you on the hill, he said, as he turned to walk away. Katrin and Madra walked back to the waiting army. I can now provide horses for you and your companions, so you can ride to Ravenhold. Madra said. I have my children back, but there are many more sons and daughters out there. This army will go on until all those that live have been returned to their families. I wish you blessings in the speed of the gods on your quest, Madra, and I thank you for your generosity. You are a great hero. When Madra laughed, the humor reached her eyes. She smiled and shook her head. Look at us, two great heroes, neither willing to admit it. I insist we stop in the very next town and procure a carriage or wagon, Millie said. I'm not built for horseback. Her complaining had started the instant she was told she would ride, and since then it had only grown worse. Morif rode alongside Katrin and kept his voice low. If you make her ride all the way to Ravenhold, she'll waddle like a duck for the next moon. (laughs) Millie shot him a narrow-eyed glance and he pulled back, chuckling. As soon as we can, Millie, as soon as we can, Katrin said, trying not to smile. In truth, much of the terrain they had to cover was not fit for a carriage and would make for a rough wagon ride. But Katrin hoped for Millie's sake that they could soon travel by road. Jarman and his squad of guards rode at a distance, camping within sight but out of earshot. When they came to a large town, Jarman rode out to meet Katrin. On the other side of Mickenton, we can pick up the trade road. I will get us passage down the main thoroughfare and I don't want anyone wandering off. There are things we need from the market, Katrin said. Jarman frowned. What do you need? A carriage and harness. I'll have one of my men purchase it for you and deliver it tonight. You may camp here, he said, and rode away. You'll have your carriage this night, Katrin said to Millie when she returned. We'll make camp here and tomorrow we'll be escorted through Mickenton, 
From there, we'll travel by road. Her statement brought about many smiles and sighs of relief, not to mention a chuckle from Maurice. Millie turned her nose up and walked away. Jarman was true to his word, and two of his guards arrived, one with a fine carriage, the other on horseback, carrying an extra saddle. After unhooking his mount, the guard cleaned everything meticulously, and he presented the harness and carriage to Katrin. Lord Jarman sends this as a gift. Please tell Lord Jarman that his gift is appreciated, Katrin said but I can pay for the carriage. I assure you there is no need, my lady. Lord Jarman was quite clear on this. Thank you, sir. The guard nodded a stiff bow, then returned to his companion, who was tightening saddle straps. As they rode away, Katrin pondered the meaning of Jarman's gift. She supposed it would be worth it to him if it helped to speed their journey off his lands. Beyond Mickenton, travel became easier. The trade road was wide and level, and there were many inns along the way. Somehow, Jarman got word ahead of them, and each night they would come to an empty inn, waiting for them alone. Again, Katrin wondered if this generosity was more insult than gift. If he wanted to keep her company isolated from his people, so be it. The day I leave the Greatland will be a joyous day, she said to Benjen one afternoon. I understand, he said. I had hoped never to return, and I'll be happy to leave it behind as well. Under other circumstances, I would say there is great beauty here, but when I look around, I see only conflict and misery, and I tire of it. By the time they reached the border of Mundelborough, the tension was unbearable. When a rider wearing the Kite family sigil, the head of a bull, came at speed, everyone in both camps waited expectantly. The foamy sweat around the girth of his saddle spoke of a hard ride, and Katrin feared bad news. She watched, holding her breath, as he dismounted and reported to Jarman. The change in Jarman's posture was enough to confirm Katrin's fears. His shoulders slumped, and his head dropped forward. Even from a distance, Katrin could feel his pain. Moments later, one of Jarman's guards approached. Lord Arbuckle Kite has succumbed to age, he said. Lord Jarman asks that you leave Lankland on the morrow. He is needed at Wolfhold and will leave this night. Two guards will be left to assure your safe passage back to Mundelboro. Pain seared Katrin's heart. Compassion for Jarman overwhelmed her. Does Jarman's father live? Katrin asked Millie. No, she said. He died many years ago in a hunting accident. Did my family have anything to do with that accident? No, I don't believe so. Your grandfather had his grandfather killed, and then Jarman's father killed your grandfather. To my knowledge, that was the last killing your family committed. Katrin was shamed by the tale, and she vowed to put an end to the killing. With her head bowed, she walked toward Jarman's camp. He was nowhere in sight, but she moved with purpose and intent 
Hold, a guard said as she approached. I request an audience with Lord Kite. A moment, my lady. Jarman emerged from his tent, his eyes red and swollen. Say what you have to say. I came to express my sincere condolences. His head snapped toward her, and his face flushed, but then he seemed to sense her sincerity. Thank you for your concern. I doubt your grandmother will feel the same. Jarman, Catrin said, taking his hand in hers. She was surprised when he didn't pull away. Our families have been horrible to each other. But the time has come to heal this age-old wound. No more can we afford petty squabbles. Let our generation be the one that puts things right. Jarman pulled his hand free slowly and walked toward the horse lines. He walked to his horse, which was kept separate from all the rest, and he ran his hands over the glossy coat. Katrin moved with him, and she scratched at the base of the horse's mane. The colt stretched out his neck and groaned, wiggling his top lip back and forth. You know animals, Jarman said, and Katrin nodded. Then you understand that it can be difficult to undo a lifetime of training. I understand, but I also know our families stand to lose everything in the coming months. I may have grown up on the Godfist, but I really do have the best interest of the Greatland in my heart. Go back to your camp, he said with a long sigh. I'll send word that I'll be delayed, and I'll travel to Ravenhold with you. We'll finish this feud one way or another. His words were clearly a dismissal, but Katrin felt there was a victory in them, a victory for the people of the Greatland. Millie and Maurice left in the carriage with the dawn, hoping to give the Lady Manxed time to prepare for guests. Katrin could only hope her grandmother would understand. Enjoying the wine, Baron? Master Edling asked. Yes, Master Baron replied. It's quite good. And the ham? It's to your liking? Indeed. Then you'd best listen to me, Master Edling said. If Wendell Volker and his Greatlanders have their way, our days of ruling here are over. Gone will be the days of fine eating and drinking. Can you picture yourself working in the fields? Or gutting fish? You've made your point. What is it you want? Master Edling smiled. With Baron on his side, he was closer to having a majority vote on the council. Endless deliberation and inconsistent alliances had already proven costly. If he'd had his way, Wendell Volker would already be dead. But others hadn't seen it that way, and his use of Premen dolls had lost him favor. That would all end now. He was one step closer to regaining his power. I want you to talk to Jarvis and Humbry. See if you can get them to listen to reason. Master Baron snorted. You expect them to listen to me? They don't trust either of us. 
and they are terrified the herald will return. I'll attend to the Volker girl. You talk to Jarvis and Humbry. I don't care what they believe. I expect you to convince them. Understand? I understand. Trying to think of what to say to her grandmother, Katrin clenched her jaw. While she hoped this day would be a new day for Lankland and Mundelboro alike, she knew it had the potential for disaster and ruin, and she could only pray those involved would recognize the uselessness of continued fighting. Jarman and his men broke camp and waited for Katrin and her party in the meadow. His guards unfurled his standard, and Katrin got a chill thinking about riding into Ravenhold under the kite sigil. Your mother would be proud, Benjen said, as he helped her load her packs and secure them behind her saddle. I'm doing my best, but I fear it won't be enough. The hatred between the Mangston kite families has lasted for ages. How can I hope to undo it in a day? You can't. Benjen said. But you can take the first step. That's the most difficult one. From there, momentum will carry you along. In her new clothes, Katrin felt even more out of place. She had hoped to present an imposing image, but she feared she only made herself stand out. The leggings were comfortable, but still needed to be broken in. Tossing her leg over her mount proved more difficult than she anticipated, and she suffered the embarrassment of having to try three times before she gained the saddle. With her staff resting in the heel Benjen attached to her stirrup, she rode comfortably. No one spoke as they approached Ravenhold, but the view of her ancestral home was awe-inspiring. Jarman's face bore no expression but Chase was clearly stunned by what he saw. He'd seen buildings that physically dominated the land, but Ravenhold seemed to be part of the surroundings, and the landscaping lent to the effect. Lining the roadway that led to the imposing main entrance, guards stood at attention. Still as stones, they kept their eyes straight ahead, seemingly focused on nothing. Unnerved by the effect, Katrin would almost have preferred leers and catcalls. Atop the central stair, the Lady Manx emerged, followed by a slip of a girl with fire in her eyes. In the moment Katrin saw her, she resented anyone who said they looked alike. Lissa had a hard and self-righteous air about her, and the slanted sneer on her face appeared all too natural. Katrin's gut twisted when their eyes met. Fury seared the air between them. Her grandmother stood serene and patient, apparently oblivious to the open hostility Lissa radiated. Jarman approached with his head high and his chest puffed out, but he managed not to look pompous or arrogant. It was a skill Katrin had to admire. He bowed to the Lady Mangst and Lissa. Katrin bowed as well, and Lissa's fury polluted the air. It washed over Katrin in waves as she straightened, and she tried not to snarl. So much raw emotion was difficult to suppress. Lord Kite, 
the Lady Mangst said formally. You are welcome in my home. I am grieved to hear of your grandfather's passing. You have my most sincere condolences. In Jarman's eyes and the heady mixture of emotions radiating from him, Katrin sensed a struggle. She assumed he was trying not to let his distrust of the Mangst name despoil this opportunity. Lady Mangst, I humbly accept your hospitality and your sentiment, Jarman said, and he seemed almost sincere. Come, let us feast. Katrin walked alongside Jarman. Thank you, she said. It is not for you that I do this, he replied. Whatever the reason, I thank you, she said, and though he made no response, she sensed his guard drop just for a moment. It was a short walk to the banquet hall, and Katrin was amazed by what had been done in such a short time. Arrangements of fresh flowers adorned each table, and liveried servants stood ready with covered trays. Lissa was seated to her grandmother's right, and Jarman sat to her left. Katrin took the seat next to him and felt, once again, like an outsider within Ravenhold. It has been many years since this house hosted a member of the Kite family, said the Lady Mangst. It has been far too long. I welcome you, Jarman Olive Kite, and I thank you for the kindness you've shown my granddaughter. Katrin felt Lissa's glare. You have shown great courage and humility in coming here. I commend you. I've postponed my journey home so that we might discuss the future. As Katrin has said, the time for fighting is past. Agreed. How, Lady Mangst, would you suggest we resolve the differences between our families? Perhaps the Jean were right about one thing. The Lady Mangst replied, Perhaps a marriage between our families is for the best. Lissa's face flushed, and she glared at anyone who met her gaze. My granddaughter, Lissa, has reconsidered her refusal to marry. When it was the will of the Jean, she found it difficult to accept. Now she sees that it is simply the best thing for our people. Lissa showed no enthusiasm for the prospect, but she did not voice any objections. Ah, so that is why you sent Catherine in her stead? It is. Lady Lissa, I've not heard you say this is what you desire. Do you wish to see this marriage through? He asked, and the Lady Mangst nodded to Lissa. Lord Kite. It would be an honor to join your house, Lissa replied formally. I suppose you have no reason to desire me as a husband, but a bitter marriage is not something I seek. If you will not come to me of your own free will, then I suggest we look for some other way to resolve this conflict. Perhaps Katrin would have less aversion to marrying me. Katrin opened her mouth, but she could find no words. Lissa, though, did not give her the opportunity. Forgive me, Lord Kite. It has been a trying time. I understand, Lady Lissa. 
Catherine tells me you believe my family was responsible for the death of your mother. I cannot guarantee that my family was not involved, but I can tell you that I had no knowledge of such cowardly acts. On behalf of my family, I apologize. I realize this may not mean much to one who had to grow up without a mother, but it is the best I can offer at this time. Perhaps, if you would allow me, I can do more over time. Lissa was bereft of words. Our family owes you apologies as well, said the Lady Mangst. We've not been innocent of senseless and cowardly deeds. I can assure you that Lissa and Katrin had no knowledge of these doings. I take responsibility for the actions of my late husband and his father. I know they did not treat your family well. All this suffering over a feud whose origins are long since forgotten, Jarman said, shaking his head. Not completely forgotten, said the Lady Mangst. It was the death of your great-great-great-grandmother that started the feud. She was riding with Katrin's great-great-great-grandfather when she was thrown from her horse. She landed on an outcropping of jagged shale, and a sharp edge slit her throat. His explanations were never accepted, and so began the senseless acts of violence. Perhaps now we can leave it in the past. Can we do this, Lady Lissa? Will you join me to right the wrongs of our forefathers? A long moment of silence hung between them, but then Lissa drew a deep breath. Yes, Lord Kite, I will. That concludes this episode of Dragon Ore. Thank you for listening. For news and the latest releases, visit patioracket.com.